This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports. All things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law on AU100. Kicks 96.3 and Fox Sports Central Alabama coming at you on the radio at 10 a.m. on your Saturday or on demand anytime, anywhere on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. It's hard to believe that it's been nearly a week. It's been six days since the big news drop out of the plains last Sunday. In our last show, we talked about hot seats for the majority of the show. And you and I both said that it was either going to be a firing from Tennessee or LSU before Auburn's. Whoa, whoa, and here whoa, it is. whoa, whoa, whoa. I said he had the hottest seat. He did, but we also thought that he would be going into next year, and I think you and I both would agree that we thought it was going to be LSU or Tennessee next year first. I went back and listened, and I really do allude to I think that he's a lot closer than a lot of people thought. And as we've learned on this show quite a few times, (laughs) Noah, I'm probably right. Like Saban said this week, you know, my opinions aren't always right, but they're the only ones that matter. And I was right. I was kind of right about this. Still surprised. I'm surprised that any coach was fired. First of all, in a coronavirus year, it's a $21 million buyout. I know the school doesn't pay it. I get it. Still a lot of money. I mean, just think about it. Those Jimmy Rain, Bobby Louder, they could have given $21 million to the school that's Wood hurting. prices going up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to Home Depot anytime soon. But I'm just saying, like, that, just think, that that's their donations that could have gone back to athletics and into the football program. Now it's just p- to pay a guy that won't be there. It's crazy. It's a mess, and I saw someone tweet, and I can't remember who it was, but someone had a tweet earlier saying that Auburn fans haven't gone through a Tennessee-level coaching search, and it really shows. And I think that this situation, and granted, you've you've said this to me earlier off-air. You said, look, it's only been five days, and you're right. It, it has only been five days. And the issue that I have with the entire situation right now does not surround the timeline or the fact that Malzahn was fired. I thought it was time to move on. I really I really do. I, I thank you to Gus Malzahn for being a great ambassador. I'm proud that he was our head coach. I'm proud to, uh, you know, as an Auburn alum, speaking from that side of this right now, I'm proud to have had a head coach that represented the university so well. I, I think that that's really important. And he didn't do anything wrong. He won ball games here. He just didn't quite get the program to the level where many would have hoped that it would have gotten to, right, which is national success. But a credit to Malzahn is he took the program on the heels of 3-9. and nine. He took it from that 3-9 and nine season, and he brought them to a point now where he's handing off a program to somebody, hopefully not Kevin Steele. He's handing the program off in a program that is in a place that is on the verge of national success. It's not there yet. It's not on the board yet, but Auburn's program is relevant. That's why so much noise is being brought up about this hire nationally. It's all over the place, all over the place. We all know that what happens in this next 
several-day period with whoever's hired as Auburn's head coach, we know it is going to affect the national landscape of college football because either Auburn's going to become a major player or I think they're going to go in the other direction. I think they're going to go down. I think it's more likely that they either improve or they depreciate rather than stay the same. Well, I mean, isn't that why you change? Like you that is why you change. You risk it all, baby, You're and I was ready it. to risk it all. You risk it all. That was the thing. It's like we were talking last week, I think, and it, and it comes down to if you want to keep him, then you can't complain about results because you know what you're getting. Yeah, I agree It's with not that. going to move. The needle's not going to move that far from eight wins a year, nine wins a year, right? Or seven. Because there really were more seven and eight win seasons than any nine win season. So you're, you're, the needle's not moving from that middle spot. You know what you're getting. But if you risk it all and things go horribly wrong, you also can't complain, right? But if you want to see national success, you got to risk it all. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad to see that Auburn was going to risk it all. I just uh, hate the direction it's I going I always in. say that if your goal is to win a national title and you you have enough data on paper to show you eight years, a lot of eight and fives, then you have to make the move because that guy's not going to get you to the goal. I know he made it to a national title game in his first year. Say what you want, but that's a, that 2013 feels like we were talking about Dak Prescott's Mississippi State 2014 last week. 2013 feels like forever ago. Beat Alabama a couple times in between, but still not really in the national championship picture. Um, to me, you have to make the move. And this is always where the a lot of these middle tier... No, Auburn's not middle tier because there's 130 teams. But they're, they're in the gray line between national power and middle tier. They're closer to 20 than they are the 10 in top programs in the country right now. And 16th is about where Gus Malzahn has been the whole time. You know the food pyramid? Yeah. And at the top of it, there's sweets, right? And my wife, that may or may not be listening to the show right now, she graduated from Auburn in nutrition dietetics, and so she's going to make the point known to me that the food pyramid is now out of date and we don't use that anymore. But all of us grew up with the food pyramid, and if you look at the food pyramid, what's at the top is the sweets, right? The Sweets are your national powers in college football. They're your Alabama, they're your Clemson, they're your Ohio State. Those teams are always there. Occasionally, there will be a team like Notre Dame this year, or maybe even Texas A&M, who, who gets to that level and rises to that point of this pyramid, of the college football pyramid. But Auburn is squarely, every year, they are the legumes. They are, they are the peanut section of the food pyramid. They're right there. They're, they're still one of the smaller groups on the food pyramid, and they're higher than everywhere else because most of college football is in the grains at the bottom, right? Most of college football, your group of five schools, are right there in the bottom. Auburn's up there right below. They are the small little section before you get to the suites. Auburn is close. And so when you talk about Malzahn not getting Auburn to a goal, I 100% agree with you. That's why you move on. It's also not an indictment on Malzahn because he got Auburn further. And I know you weren't saying that it was an indictment, but he has at least progressed the program. In my opinion, he has progressed the program since he started in 13. He has improved it to the point now where Auburn is very close to being a sweet in college football. They are relevant. They're as relevant as they ever have been. And so I'm going to give him credit where credit is due. I think... And this isn't hyperbole. I think he is the best football coach that Auburn has had in the modern day era. And by modern day era, I will qualify that as post Pat Dye. I think post Pat Dye, he is the best 
coach Auburn has had, the best head coach. Is Auburn's that saying had. more about the lack of head coaches or more about Mel's? I Bowden, what a Tupperville win! Other than beating Alabama, nothing. Went to an SEC title game, had one great year. Every one of these guys has had one solid went to year. Multiple. SEC titles, but they won one. You're right. In different time in the SEC no, as well. The SEC yeah. was a lot worse back then. Yeah, it's not. And yeah, you're you're 100 right. Last when Tupperville was in the SEC, it's not like making the SEC title game now. It was okay. We made the SEC title game. There wasn't. There was not the gauntlet, right? It was not Georgia, Alabama, it and LSU's winning national titles, and Texas A&M's a top program in the country, and you still got to deal with Florida. And now that's what it's like now. And Gus still, still. Went to two SEC title games in his in his eight year tenure. And if it tells you anything, when Auburn went to those SEC title games, 2010, I know that wasn't Malzahn, but he was off at the coordinator. But I know that wasn't Malzahn. Let's look at the last three SEC title games Auburn's been to. When Auburn went in 2010, they were the best team in the country. When Auburn went in 2013, they made it to the national championship game. And when Auburn went in 2017, they were number two in the college football playoff standings. They were number two in those rankings. Yeah. Auburn was going to the Natty that year had they won. And so my thing is, you're right. It's a gauntlet now. In order to make the SEC title, you have to be one of the two best teams in college football. Well, I mean, and that's that's the landscape of our conference. And you can also make the point that Auburn is more elevated nationally because the the SEC network and how good the rest of the league has been over the last decade, that almost every program in the SEC is truly in the, the real national land the, uh, with the ability to change the landscape of college football. Auburn fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I think there's truth to this. I think there's credence on this. Oh, Auburn is more relevant now than when they were with Tommy Tuberville and, and Tuberville beat Alabama six times in a row. Auburn's more relevant now because Auburn was able to beat Alabama three times during the Nick Saban dynasty, like Alabama's ascension to national power in college football has, I think, elevated the rivalry because now both teams are super competitive and they've had great games. And the winner has every time, except for in 2017, been in the national championship picture. Now, granted, Alabama's been there five times. Auburn's been there three times now. But when you look at it, like when the, when one of those teams has won, they're in the national championship picture, if not winning the national championship that year. And so I think the other part of it is Alabama's ascension in the last decade and a year, so the last 11 years since 2009, has also helped Auburn's relevancy because Auburn's been the main team that has been able to stand up to Alabama in college football. And Gus Malzahn was there for eight years of it. So I do think you have to give the guy a lot of credit. And I just hate to see, and I, and I tweeted this on Sunday, or maybe Monday, I, I said, look, you can you can understand that it's time to move on without disparaging yeah, and you know tarnishing what you had in the past. Like sometimes you just have to know when to pass the baton on. And that's where Auburn's at right now with Malzahn. You just gotta know to that it's time to pass the baton on, but you also need to appreciate what he did because what he did was get Auburn into a position right now where if they make a good hire here, Auburn's got a chance to get into the national stage. Now let's get to who... No, no, no. Let's just get to who is a good hire because I think that there... And we talked about this earlier before we got on the air. I think that there are some quality coaches out there that aren't going to win the press conference that could take Auburn... And where it stands in the conference, because it's still behind Alabama, Georgia, Florida, 
and when LSU's go behind LSU, but with a quality, a really good football coach could have them competing, literally, for the SEC West every single year. Not every couple of years we could beat Alabama, but every single year you have, you're have you sitting in the Iron Bowl with a chance to win the West, and none of these guys' names have been brought up. Mario Cristobal, I know he's not, he's not going to be the coach now. Gus Malzahn just beat him, yeah. and he had maybe the best young quarterback in the NFL right now, and Justin Herbert, why are you, why is that your go-to guy? You know, earlier you were talking about your opinions typically being always right. You hated the Herbert draft selection. <laughs> yeah, you know, I missed on that one, but uh, but he ha- he legitimately had two uh, some great great wide receivers, yeah. su- uh, a great offensive line, and an exceptional defense, and he can't he can't go to the college football yeah. playoff at Oregon. And uh, you're right, an exceptional defense against a freshman quarterback making his Gus, first start. Gus just beat him with a true freshman quarterback making his first start ever on a neutral field. It wasn't yeah. even a home game for Auburn and then you're looking at who uh Hugh Freeze they're not going to let Hugh Freeze come to Auburn I don't think Sankey is I don't think Green is Ole Miss is still hurting from the Hugh Freeze situation are they really is Greg Sankey going to let him come to Auburn to beat Ole Miss why he's the reason why Ole Miss is down right now no then you're looking at um Oh my God! You just want me to throw any yeah, name, throw, out throw there. name out there? Kevin Steele. You're looking at Kevin Steele, <laughs> and it's like, what is this? Guy? Like everybody's talking about hire Kevin Steele as a great defensive coordinator. Like, has he really stopped anybody? I don't know if I've seen one person say hire Kevin Steele. Well, I've been okay, about four years. Boosters we follow different. Yeah, the, yeah. And but those are the guys <laughs> I'm talking about. It's like he's a great DC. Is he really giving up like 105 points to Alabama in the last two? Well, it's almost 100. 100 points to Alabama. Georgia's still scoring on him. Yeah, I've had I some mean, conversations with people saying you've really pulled me to this side. And I've had conversations with people where I brought up the point that you've said, you know, that I think he's a little overrated on defense. And that's not me saying that he's a bad coordinator. I, th- I think he's a good coordinator in college football. And I've also, I'm in the middle right now with Steele. I think Auburn's defense is a top four defense in the league right now, only behind Alabama, Georgia. And not a lot of defense being played in this league right, right. now. And so I think Auburn this year actually really was still a, a top four defense in this league. But I have been underwhelmed with the last 12 to 14 games under Kevin Steele with what we've seen. I think, and I can't get into this rabbit hole because we're already 15 minutes deep into this uh, it's segment. It's our show. We'll take yeah. it over. College football's changed a lot. Offenses have changed a lot. Defenses then reacted to that change, and now offenses have adapted once again. Defenses have not adapted yet to the adaptation that the offenses made to but, the original but, defensive but adaptation. But Kevin Steele had you one. You can follow that logic. Kevin Steele had one good season as a defensive coordinator at Auburn. One. And he had two of the best defensive yeah. linemen in college football, and they blitzed every play, and they were able to get to the quarterback. But there's names right here, Noah, that we're not talking about. What about Iowa State's coach? What about yeah, Indiana's coach? about that. Those guys coach football, and I feel like that's what Auburn needs right now. Auburn recruits itself. It's not going to recruit all the five stars there, but you're going to land a four-star and some high you're going to land a couple, maybe two five-stars and a lot of four-stars just by being Auburn and showing these guys some love if you keep a Rodney Garner around and and some other uh, some other maybe key parts Travis of that Williams. staff. Travis T. Will, yeah. But you're they're just like throwing names out like Lane Kiffin. Is, is Lane Kiffin really ever like, why is that like the guy that you're begging for? Well, I think Auburn fans have been brought to their knees. Like I think there's so much of a positive – outlook on coaches like Lane Kiffin, Mario Cristobal, because Kevin Steele has been reported as the legitimate number one tier one candidate, as you'll hear across certain sites. Nice. Uh, and so all the guy fans, interviewing Sunday, Noah. Right at you you showed me the L.com article that said that Steve Sarkeesian's reportedly going to interview as well. I think Auburn fans have been brought to their knees 
with this kind of opinion of anybody but Kevin Steele and, and nothing against Kevin Steele. Once again, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I just don't know why, why you fire Malzahn to move on to, as some people put it, the subordinate. Does, does he, do you really have confidence that he's going to be the person that's going to take the program to the end goal? And if Auburn fired Malzahn to save money, well, you just, you're paying them the money anyway. Like There's only one thing that I can really think of and Cole Cubitt made this point. I don't agree with Cole often with a lot of things he says. You get still in for two years, you backload cash, and three years from now, you go out and you throw eight, nine million dollars at the guy that you want. And you and I, and it's funny, you don't know who that guy is right now. It 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 could be a reminder two to three years. Matt Campbell could go get a job at a, a kind of a bigger school in the Big Ten or something, go win, and then he's the guy. But you're gonna they're saying that you can backload cash and then throw it at the next guy in 2022. Sure, save money, get what you want later. I get that. My question is, will the Auburn program be in a position to where it's an attractive landing spot in two years? And I just don't know if that's true. And I think that there are coaches right now that I think Auburn can go out and get who they want. I think that there are coaches right now. And my, and my point to this is Auburn's over here, they're off the hook on Malzahn right now obviously that they're probably tied to very influential people with money that are going to drive this decision because that's the way things have gone at Auburn right at least that's what we're all here everywhere yeah. it's everywhere but they were you know paying Malzahn like seven million a year so what's an extra two million dollars in your budget right you've already budgeted for the next couple of years for the salary right so you're looking at probably a seven million dollar window there or maybe even a little bit more than that but my question is right now Auburn is not in a good place. I'm not saying it can't get there, but Jimbo ain't going away. Saban ain't going away. Mullen's not going away. Kirby's not going away. At and, and LSU, in all honesty, from what they showed me against Florida the other day, I know it was a lightning in a bottle type thing, but that program's a nine-win program. And Ed o, with Ed O, at, with, they fired Les Miles, who was a nine-win guy. I mean, they're going to win nine games. If you're Auburn, you're sixth. And you play all those teams every year but Florida. That's that is just if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm saying I can go eight and four at Ole Miss and I can be the most loved person in the world, or I can go eight and four at Auburn, beat Nick Saban three times in eight years and get canned. That's so true. That is so true. And once again, that's not me saying that it wasn't the right decision to move on from Alabama. No, it was the I right decision. Right. You just gotta find an exceptional coach. Like Auburn has to, like, you have to get an exceptional human being, exceptional coach with an exceptional mind, not just the X's and O's, but a motivator too, a guy that can that can build a culture at Auburn of playing the game the right way and everybody doing their job right. And I feel like right now, and I'm not one of the dudes calling the shots, and I certainly don't have the money to drive the train right, but it from the outside looking in, it looks like Auburn's interviewing all the wrong guys. I, I haven't been like... Auburn's always had this... Listen... <laughs> but when has Auburn ever hired a guy where you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's a knockout. <laughs> last time, I mean, just remember last time you hired a coach. You're, you're talking about Stoops and he was still at Oklahoma. You're talking about Kirby Smart and you settle for Gus. Like, it's not a destination. It, I mean, when is the last... It's not a... It's not a thing where Urban Meyer says, oh I'm yeah. back. It's not I, Texas. I'm coming, to, I'm coming to Auburn, baby. It, it's not one of those jobs. And I'm not saying Auburn's not a good job. It is a top 15 job in college football, and there are, what, 115 jobs behind it, and every one of those coaches would probably jump to take it. Auburn is the legume 
of college football. I'm not, but I'm not trying to diss the Auburn job. And if all these other schools around Auburn weren't great, it would move up drastically in those in my job rankings. It truly would. But right now, it, this is, you know this, and I know this. College football and being a coach is a is a profession where you can quickly become untouchable. You can be Butch Jones at Cincinnati, at Tennessee, and the next thing you know, you're giving Nick Saban coffee, and four years later, you're the head coach restarting your career at Arkansas State. That's the truth. It's a really fast turnaround. It That's really the truth. is that way. Especially at certain programs that you bottom out of. Like if you if you bottom out at Notre Dame, you're gonna land on your feet somewhere, a lower school. Well, I look at even Petrino. Petrino falls apart at Arkansas, lands on his feet back at Western Kentucky, and then goes back to Louisville. Yeah, but right? that's eight years of your yeah. life. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. <laughs> and you and you had to be an elite you had to be viewed as a top tier head coach at one point. So not only do you have to work up to that point, but then you get bounced out. And very, very few times do they ever return to that level once they've been bounced out. But my thing is about Auburn, um, right now I'm just shocked that Brent Venables hasn't came up. Elliot's name at Clemson, the OC, is coming up more now recently. Agree. Agree. Sark is a good name, too, if we're talking about OCs out there in the business. 57% winning percentage as a head coach. Come on. I mean, about Sark? Yeah, like, I think he had things on the right track at USC if it wasn't for the well, drinking Everybody problem. says things about Lane Kiffin, too. I mean, if they've been on the right track, so is Helton right now. He's on the right track. He is. Helton, Helton's got it back, man. So maybe, he was on the verge of a, firing. That's the thing I think about <laughs> Kiffin and Sark and Helton. It's like, eh, this is the best job in the Pac-12. Eight and four, huh? Is that really the right track? Hey, UNC's undefeated this year. Yeah, and they, should said they should be considered for the playoff. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Indiana's another guy to name. Yeah, I love their him. coach, I love Tom him. Allen. I keep wanting to call him Tim Allen, you know. I'm, I'm all for the Santa Claus. Let's I'm do it. I'm all for Matt Campbell. I'm for Britton Venables. Matt Campbell, yeah. These are the names that I'm just shocked Auburn really hasn't touched on at all. We got speed round coming up on the other side of this break. We'll talk about that SEC championship game. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. It's time for Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Speed Round is brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Jeremy, same rules as always here on Speed Round. We'll remind everybody of those. We got five questions this week. We'll spend about two to three minutes on each one. You ready to go? Let's do it. Question number one. Well, we've talked a lot about the job. Who do you want to be the Auburn head coach? Who do I want to be the Auburn head coach, or who should Auburn hire? Who do you want to be the Auburn head coach? Oh, they hired Kevin Steele. <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, that, that from, adds to the fun of From it. an Auburn fan's perspective, I really think that they need to take a deep look at a guy that is a proven winner with no issues. Lane Kiffin's going to bounce. If he gets the job, he's a... He's still doing it. I mean, he's still doing it from the Raiders to Tennessee he's never to USC anything. to Alabama to FAU to one year at Ole Miss. Just imagine Lane Kiffin just went, Mary Flip Miss, and got like six kids to flip from Mississippi State to Ole Miss to play for him, and he's going to take another job. I mean, I, I don't know. He's I, never finished a single I think you, thing. You look at Iowa State's coach, 
Indiana's coach. You look, you make a strong push for Venables, and you try to hire a guy who is a proven winner at a not just a small school, but a proven winner with no issues. That's what I think. That coaches football the right way. I, why does it have to be a sexy hire? Why can't it just be somebody who does it the right way and coaches good football? Right now, Auburn's got Jimmys and Joes. You need the X's and O's. <laughs> Do they really have the Jimmys and Joes? I think so. I Did think they've recruited at, it to this point. As you, were you alive Wednesday? I know, I know that, well, this past signing day, yes, but it was a travesty, but <laughs> even more reason, reason people for, think that there's potential out of it. That's but. even more reason for like a guy like Sark not to take it. You just They just signed the 40th best class. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's not over yet. There's, well, there's, still, no, there's nobody left. Like the top, all the top 150 guys have already signed, and they all went to SEC schools. I think there's still time for them to get guys in there to boost it. Part of Auburn's issue right now, they'll get in the top 25. There won't be a good class. It'll still be like a edge of the top 25. Part of Auburn's issue right now is they don't have any commits. They got 12. They'll be able to go and get some three stars who are on the verge. You said it last week. Kentucky guys will get an offer. It's just, you know, and then when Auburn comes in there, they'll, I agree. they'll come in. So, yeah, my guy, Matt Campbell's my guy. And I've, I've said that a lot. And we got to like move on him. to the next like question. Him. Matt Campbell's been my guy. And I just hate that Auburn hasn't given him an interview because I think it really would have worked. How does the landscape of this rivalry change if Steve Sarkeesian goes to Auburn? Because you're not happy about this at all. I don't know if the rivalry changes. It's just annoying that you're. this is just another year. It, it could be anywhere. Tennessee, it's another year where your OC is going to a rival. And Alabama already got burned by this by Kirby. Like, he's coaching at Alabama while recruiting kids to go to Georgia. You just can't do it, especially in the Alabama-Auburn thing. Like you, just, you can't allow it. Pruitt was doing it. it it's hard to do. And I don't, I'm not sure if Sark being an assistant here for – he would only been the OC for two years. It's not like he's Brent Venables. You know, it goes to Auburn. Kind of fun losing Alabama at Auburn. It's okay. The guy doesn't coach defense. I mean, you're still going to give up 50. <laughs> We've had – Auburn has had coaches come to Auburn after being a part of stuff in Alabama in the past. It's happened. Auburn, for some reason – Alabama never hires the Auburn guy. Auburn always hires one of the Alabama guys. Well, and, I mean, Pat Dye had an Alabama connection. There was a linebacker's coach, like a Lance what, – what was his name? Lance Lance, uh, Lance Williams. Lance Thompson. Yes, Lance Thompson. I went to school with his stepson at Alabama. He was hired from Alabama. So, Auburn's got guys here that's had Alabama connections. And so, I mean, even Kevin Stills had an Alabama connection. So, when you look at it, I don't know if a ton changes about the rivalry, but I think Sark comes in with knowledge. He's, he knows what the special sauce is. Maybe he can apply it. I just want a coach who knows what the special sauce is at a national championship winning program. Why can't Auburn go and hire a guy from Clemson? Why can't Auburn? I would take Sarkeesian compared to Kevin Steele at the no, moment. I need somebody that knows better. the special sauce. Kevin Steele was on a national championship team in Alabama. I mean, which one was it? It's early, early years. I think it's eleven, oh, nine, maybe. The special sauce, yeah, I guess that. I mean, that's early on, though. It hadn't became the machine Listen, look yet. at Kirby. Look at Lane. Look at – he's 20-something and 0 against former assistants. You don't tell him everything. You don't tell him everything. There's a – he's the reason he's the CEO. <laughs> Question number three, what do you think of Brian Kelly's comments that supposedly – well, not supposedly, this is what he said. And this isn't word for word. Just paraphrasing here on what Brian Kelly said. Kind of implying a boycott of the college football playoff. If families aren't allowed to play or aren't allowed to be there at these games, he's saying, why would I go and play in a game in another portion of the country 
if families can't be there, if nobody's going to be there, I think it was ill-placed, but I understand what he's saying. This is word for word. I'm not sure we'll take the bid if the families can't come. That's almost word for word. I mean, what? It's the college football playoff. Now, I do agree with the stance of why are you going to make us go all the way to California to play in a bowl game where there's no fans? Like, the pageantry of the Rose Bowl is dead. It's been dead for a while when it hasn't been a college football playoff game. But what's the point of making Notre Dame, and I'm guessing it would be like two versus three, so Notre Dame and Ohio State, two Midwest schools, fly all the way to um, to California, to Pasadena, to play in a game where nobody can be in attendance? To me, it's stupid. Right. The logistics of it, dumb, ill-placed, bad timing. Like, Notre yeah, Dame, if said. they lose today, yeah. they are iffy making this thing because we know Ohio State's going to make it if they beat Northwestern. Clemson, winner of the ACC title game will make it, and then SEC championship winner Alabama, I'm sure they'll win. They'll be in. So then you're looking for that last spot, and you have to choose between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. We've been talking about this for a month and a half now, you and I, comparing those resumes, and it's finally came to fruition here if Notre Dame were to lose the ACC title game. You're sitting here like saying that you might not play in the playoff. Well, who's the playoff going to choose? They're going to choose Texas A&M. And, and this is a year where I actually think Notre Dame is capable of at least competing on the same field as Alabama or Clemson in the title game. I think they could put up just as much of a fight as what I think Florida is going to put up today. Score three or four touchdowns, still get beat by three TDs because you can't stop Alabama, but you're at least going to put on a show offensively and not look like roadkill like they did in 2012. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to take that opportunity away from your kids? Mean what you say, or no, say what you mean, don't mean what you say. I know what you meant, but say what you meant. Yeah. You know, just say it's dumb that families can't go. Unless uh, I'm right there on board with you. It makes him, it makes him, it almost puts the cultural playoff like, is is this guy going to embarrass us when we rank him fourth or third and like, it's borderline that, one of the stupidest comments that I've seen a head coach like make Like, you're playing recently. the whole season for this, too. You're right. Like, if this is the college football playoff. Kapah! This is like the Catalina wine mixer, okay? This is the thing. And how are you going to make those comments? I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to forego the national championship because we can't bring our families. Question number four, who's going to win the Heisman? Devontae Smith, well, I think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't – what Kyle Trask did last week – It's a curveball. I, I, he's the, I think he's the leader. I think he's the leader. Yeah. His punt return against Arkansas. So, Mac Jones having a bad day, followed up by an even worse day for Kyle Trask, just completely elevated Devontae Smith to the top of this list. And here's why. Kyle Trask had the worst day that he could have possibly had. Lost to a 3-6 and six team now, I guess, 4-6 and six LSU team. Mac Jones still has a good day. I mean, he threw for 200 yards, and Arkansas played cover four, so he couldn't hit the deep ball. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do, a 52-3 to win. But I think we can all agree that Devontae Smith is the most electric player in college football right now. He's the best wide receiver in college football, there's no doubt. And it's a year where the top two Heisman contenders to start the year miss a lot of games. Either that player had COVID or their team missed a lot of games in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like, Devontae Smith in a year where if if a wide receiver could win it, this would be the year because of all the other circumstances. I still think he's probably the best player in college football. It's hard for a wide receiver because he's always relying on somebody else to get in the ball. I think Devontae Smith is the best player in college football, but I don't think he's going to win the Heisman because it's a quarterback award. And it's unfortunate. Voters are 
just as stupid as Brian Kelly's comments that we talked about in the previous question. I'm very disappointed because this became not only a popularity award, but also a stats award. You kind of have to look at the meaning behind the stats. Like, stats aren't the be-all, end-all. Like, Mac Jones going undefeated in Alabama is just as valuable to me with his numbers, even though being less than what Kyle Trask has done, he's won the games. And sure, some people will say, well, he's got a better supporting cast than what Florida's got. Fine, but I think when when you're trying to look for things to differentiate the two quarterbacks, like I think Mac Jones has more defining qualities for the Heisman Trophy Award. Has there been a better quarterback? Have you seen a better quarterback than Mac Jones in college football this year? It's just, to me, listen, I, I hated Mac last year, okay? Like, I'm not just on this Mac train. But I have not seen a better quarterback than Mac Jones in college football this year. I mean, I haven't. I've seen Kyle Trask make some good throws. I've seen Trevor Lawrence miss a couple games. Like, he's had some very average days, by the way. And because his name is Trevor Lawrence, he's in the mix. Justin Fields has played okay outside of the only time he played a good team. He threw three interceptions, and his team almost lost the ball game. I think Trask is the only other guy that's just that has been as good as Mac Jones. They're going to they're gonna throw the ball 50 times today, and Alabama could come up with three interceptions. I think Kyle Trask is completely out of it. But if we're talking best player in college football, it's Devontae Smith. He's unstoppable. So you're admitting He's unstoppable. I love it. Well, he is. I mean, he's unstoppable. When Tank Bigsby wins the Heisman in two years, I'll admit it too. I mean, I'll go. I'll say this right now. Mac Jones is in the Heisman race because of Devontae Smith. It's not the other way around. Why do quarterbacks get all the love? Why can't the wide receivers who are putting them on the map get the love, too? I agree, I agree with all of you it. You put Mac Jones at Auburn, he looks like he did in the, I, I uh, in the, the, in the Iron Bowl the fact without that the, the yards. The fact that the award has just been so quarterback heavy, it's really diminished in the award. It's become the Davey O'Brien award. Yes. I mean, and any other quarterback award that's out there. Last question here. What do you think of this new transfer waiver? It's, it's going across all of athletics. Even guys in college basketball are, are going to be able to suit up now after having transferred, it's going to affect college football. It's about to become free agency this next year. Well, you know, if coaches leave and coaches move and Sark goes to Auburn or some coach goes from here to over there, look, I mean, you can recruit everybody off the other team. Like, if Sark goes to Auburn, come on, Bryce. Come on, a couple of you guys that I recruited, you're at Auburn now. Or Lane Kiffin the same way or... Alabama hires an assistant from Georgia. It's Wild th- West. It's stupid. You got to put it into it. Like, these guys aren't – they are I'm sorry, they're amateur athletes. If they want to go pro, then go – it's the NFL's fault. It's not college football's fault. Go go petition the NFL on why you can't go pro. Because if you think you can go pro without playing college football, then don't go to college. And a lot of you ain't going pro. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I can't wait till the NFL has, like, a farm league. Has the has, we have the G League of the NFL, right? No, no, that'll never happen. I, I mean, don't know why they don't like tack they, on the they XFL. Already, they have a like, free form system. Why would they do something that costs them money? Like, just think about true. why would they do that? That's college football. Yeah. They have a free, they have a free form system. That's true. That's very true. That's so accurate. I've never thought of it that way, but that's accurate. It's a free farm system. That does it for Speed Round, presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Live is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Game picks on the other side of this break. Catching up to Jeremy. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law.
We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Wrapping up On the Line here, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you on AU100 at Kicks 96.3 and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM or on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. I talk to to people all the time and they ask me, how can I support what you guys are doing? You want to know how you can support us? Go and like our Facebook page on Fox Sports Central Alabama and Radio Alabama Sports on Facebook. Hit the like button, share our content, like it, interact with us. That helps us grow what we're doing. That's how you can support us. Thank you for being a vital part of what we do. It's time for game picks here. Jeremy, you're 85 and 33. I'm 84 and 34. We only picked one game differently last week, and I closed the gap a little bit. North Carolina took it to Miami. Wow. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? We should write these down so you can't play chicken in this scenario. We should come in the room with our picks, and that way I can't pick. We said North Carolina, Miami at the same no, time. No, no, I'm not saying that happened <laughs> last week, but as we get down the stretch, uh, Okay, well, I'm behind then, so how about this? Whoever's behind has to pick first. Well, I don't I will agree pick with first. that. I think that. We should get a pin out, and we should start right. That's fair, though. Like, if I'm behind, I should have to pick first. Well, that means I'll just pick every team you pick. That, That's th- also true. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, but that doesn't work either. Let's, you have oh, let's too just much pl- integrity. But let's just let's don't don't play it from a competition standpoint. Play it of who we think is going to win because yeah, we could. I always do. Yeah, it's not also do. true. Last week, you were like, I, I got to find a one different ear. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's what you said. But the games that I was like really close on picking against, like Mississippi State gave Auburn a game and UCLA almost beat USC. Yeah, I, just I mean, I just don't think that this is a week that, unless there's one game on here where I feel like I could lose. That's it. Here we go. First game right here, number 14, Northwestern versus number four, Ohio State, 11 a.m. on Fox. Big Ten I don't care if Ohio State's missing fields. I don't care if they're missing a couple receivers. They, they think they're not losing this game. That they're they're health. They're relatively healthy outside of COVID. They are rested. They've been. They've known they're going to play Northwestern for two weeks now. They're not losing. If they beat Indiana, they're going to beat Northwestern. Yeah. Northwestern's just a slightly worse version of Indiana. They play great defense. It's a shame that they're a top. They're top fifteen. I mean, come that's on. this year in college football, Sheesh. but. I'll take Ohio State as well. I think it's as simple as that. Jimmy, Jimmy's and Joe's make a big difference. And even if uh, even if Ohio State's missing Jimmy, they still have Joe. Yeah. So game number two here, number five, Texas A&M at Tennessee, 11 a.m. ESPN. Texas A&M's going to beat Tennessee, and they're going to oh, beat them yeah. bad. Yeah. But the style yeah. points matter in this one, though. They need to destroy Tennessee. Yeah, they, they can't do another LSU. They Ooh. need to come out and win this game by 24 or more, I think. They need to put it on Tennessee because everybody else has. And it doesn't need to look like, you said 24, it, it needs to look like 41 to 17 or worse. It doesn't need to be like 24 to zero. Like it, it needs to look but why, worse what's the than difference? What's the difference? That's what, I, that's what I hate about the committee. 24 to zero to me is just, that's almost as more impressive from a defensive standpoint than yeah. a 41 to 17. That just is dumb. Something just looks more jarring about 41 to 17. And that's why you, matters. That's why you can never be on the committee. That's fair. <laughs> you wouldn't want me there. They would welcome me with open arms. Like, oh, you've got unfounded unfounded perceptions? Come on. We'll, we'll bring you in. A&M. I know you got A&M as well. Number 10, Oklahoma versus number 6, Iowa State, 11 a.m. ABC. Big 12 title game. I'm excited about it. this. Is my favorite game all weekend. I'm just giddy with it. I think just give me some, give me some red and yellow. Game. I'm picking Iowa State. Give me some red and yellow. 
just dap me up, Iowa State fans. I'm coming in. Ames, Iowa, Cyclones, here we go. Oklahoma was out of the top 25 earlier in the year. They were 0-2 in the Big 12. Now they're back in the top 10. Spencer Rattler's figured out this game of college football. I like Oklahoma. I, I, I'm only picking Iowa State because I like them. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've, I've rode with these guys all year long. I love what Matt Campbell's doing. I love his offense. He teaches the guys how to play the game the right way. Oklahoma's got the Jimmys and Joes. Iowa State's got the X's and O's. Let's see how we chop it up on Saturday. But I I, I like this Iowa State team a lot. So <laughs> that's more of a that's more of a fan pick there. But Ole Miss at LSU, two thirty p.m. SEC Network. So Ole Miss's top two wide receivers are not playing in this game. They they've going to prepare for the NFL. LSU got a big win last week. Like, what is what does Ole Miss do well? They throw the football well. Who are they going to throw the football to now? Does Edo close this year out after an Alabama loss with a win over Ole Miss in Florida? I think so. I think so too. I'm going with LSU in this one because I don't see how they let down after the Florida game. I think they've been competitive. We didn't even talk about that game, by the way. Florida uh, throwing the throwing the shoe hey, and everything. Who throws the shoe? <laughs> well, Auburn Auburn <laughs> just stormed in and took over everything. Auburn sto- stormed stormed the conference and said, "This week's about us, not the SEC title game, not about anything else." Auburn said, "We want all the attention." They 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 stole Alabama and everybody else's thunder. But I like LSU in this one. I just don't think that there's going to be a huge letdown after it, and I still think they have a lot to play for. Ole Miss resembles a lot of Arkansas at the moment. Like, an LSU beat Arkansas. Like, I think this LSU team is still every bit as good as these teams at the bottom. I, I, I think the way that we've looked at LSU this year, while they are bad and they've amounted to everything that I thought they would have amounted to this year with all the losses that they had, they still have better players on their base roster because of how they've recruited than what Ole Miss and Arkansas even has with experience. So, I like LSU to win this game. Missouri at Mississippi State, 2.30 p.m. SEC Network alternate. Missouri let me down last week. I know we picked Georgia, but we thought Missouri could be very competitive. We thought that would be like a 7 to 10 point game. Defense. JT Daniels is listen, I, if there was an 18 playoff and we're the 1 seed and Georgia's the 8 seed, I'd be scared to play them right now cuz they their offense was what was hurting their defense earlier in the year. Kind of like Al, not Alabama, but Alabama's defense was hurting and the offense has stayed on the field longer giving the defense more rest. Man, and they just they steamrolled Missouri. I'm not sure so sure about Missouri right now. Mississippi State, eh, but give me Missouri. They've got a quarterback for the future, yeah, Basilak. I mean, this who was that quarterback that they had way back when, like four or five years ago? Pinkle was excited about him. He was a fresh Matty Mock. They were super excited about Matty Mock. Now, of course, that flamed out. And then they had what's his name? He's at the Broncos. Drew Locke, yeah, no, I forgot man. about Drew Locke. Dude, they had Chase Daniel. I just meant from a freshman standpoint. Like Drew Locke didn't come on as his quarter, quarterback. You. No way. <laughs> but Basilak has been doing a lot of really good That'd things. That'll be a first a round freshman. NFL pick. In the Basilak? NFL yeah. Really? There's a high demand on QBs, buddy. That's fair. I just don't know if he's going to rise to that Wasn't level. Wasn't Drew Locke a first rounder? Didn't I think they, so. Did, I mean, even Drew Locke went first round. Drew Locke was a great college quarterback. Yeah, but look at him he was, he was. If he was at Alabama. Just throw it to Jerry Judy, man. Kill my fantasy team. I'll take Missouri also. They they have been a sneaky good team this year. They're going to finish with a, with a winning record. They, they're going to finish with like the exact same record that Auburn did, right? That's yeah. six and, and four And then they them. started doing too. Man. <laughs> number three, Clemson. Number two, Notre Dame. 3 p.m. ABC, ACC title game. This is the most important game of the weekend. This is not just a revenge game for Clemson. 
David Pollock made a great point. Was was Trevor Lawrence not worth one point in a game that went to overtime? Just think about it. I mean, uh, Ungalalele played. Ungalalele. That was really good. Uyagalalele. Uyagalalele. Anyways, is Trevor Lawrence not worth one more point in that game if, if he's starting the whole game? Just one more. Who cares yeah. what the defense gave up? Trevor Lawrence and Clemson are about to win this game by 17, and I think that ops Notre Dame out of the playoff more than anything, not just what Brian Kelly said. Well, Clemson went on like a major stall offensively in one right. of the quarter. I think, it was, I think it may have been the second quarter where they kind of stalled out. That doesn't happen if Trevor Lawrence is that quarterback. Maybe they only score seven points in that quarter, but they at least put points on the scoreboard. They won't, they don't go dormant. And so I, I, I completely agree that there is a one point gap closed this weekend. I don't know if they went by 17 because I think this Notre Dame team's really good too, but I do think that Clemson wins this one also. Stanford at UCLA, 6 p.m. ESPN. Two Pac-12 teams with a, winning, with a winning record. Could be a fun game. I think UCLA is a good team, and a lot of people are saying that Chip Kelly like won't make it out of this year. That's a guy I would have took as an Auburn coach. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like where they are. They almost beat USC last week. USC is just a little bit better, and you saw it on the field, and I don't know. I, I like UCLA. This game's at UCLA. Not that it matters. No fans in the stands anywhere in California. So I, I still I like the Bruins. Same. This this UCLA team offensively is fun. Defensively abysmal. Horrible. Horrible defense. Yeah. Jim Mora left this program in a terrible place. Which you didn't think he was going. You thought that when they hired Mora that this thing is they're coming off New Heisel. They get more. And you think they're going to figure this out and nothing happens. Terrible place. And. I think we've seen it get little by little better every year under Chip Kelly. Like every year is an improvement under him, which I think warrants. I don't, they should not fire him. I think it warrants, let him get his team through the spring, which should be normal and the summer, which will be normal, hopefully, and get him into a normal college football year next year and see what happens. Because I think UCLA is a borderline 7-8 win team next year, which is weird they should want to be after how bad they've been but over the last couple I, of years. I think Chip Kelly started the the transition to Oregon probably being the best program in the Pac-12. The shift's kind of changed. You know, like 15 years ago, you take the UCLA job, like, man, this, is, this could be a national powerhouse. You're right there in L.A., USC takes over, then Chip Kelly, and now Oregon with all the resources. He started that up there. And they still may be competing for national championships year in and year out if he had stayed. I mean, if he never goes to the Eagles, is that where he left first? And he go to the Eagles? He did go to the Eagles, well, yeah. At some point, if he didn't lead to go to the NFL, I mean, he still might be at Oregon and, and running that thing. My thing about Chip Kelly is, before we move on to our last two games, my thing about Chip Kelly is, look, UCLA is not going to go from one-win, two-win program in the Pac-12 the last couple of years to all of a sudden being a Pac-12 contender. There's there's a lot of stuff that happens in between, and, and fans think that all of a sudden you just leapfrog from one to the next. And I think that's what we're seeing with Auburn right now. Like, yes, it was time to pass the baton on, with Malzahn, because I don't think I think Malzahn proved that he was not going to get Auburn to the national stage. But Malzahn was the person who was in between. Malzahn was the in between from three and nine to national success. If Auburn does indeed get to national success, UCLA is in a boat here where they're just trying to get into the middle. They are still. I think they're actually on the in the middle now that they've got a winning record this year and they're going to finish with a winning record this year and they've competed in the Pac-12. They competed against Oregon. They competed against USC. They were in close ball games that were decided by one possession against the two top teams in the conference. UCLA has been there this year. You do not bail on this guy. He is still going to be 
one of the top coaches in this league when it's all said and done and his UCLA career is wrapped up. I think it's headed in the right direction. You just wonder what the quarterback position looks like in the future, but they, they've got some guys. They can at least score. Defense is going to have to shape up. Top-ranked Alabama, number seven, Florida, SEC Championship, 7 p.m. CBS. Actually, let's save that one for last. Let's go to the let's go to the American Championship game. Number 23, Tulsa, at number nine, Cincinnati, 7 p.m. ABC. I like Cincinnati more and more every week. I really... I, Luke, Luke Fickle, Fickle knows has how to coach. Them. Why is he not, not in the offense? Why is he not on the... Dude, he knows how to coach. Remember, he even took over that year for um, Urban. I mean... Went six and six, but... Yeah, they were also... That, they weren't going to have... I think you look kind of look why Urban opted out. I, he opted out. Urban no, that wasn't Urban. That was, that was Trestle. Was, no. That Fick, was Jim Trestle. Fickle came in when Urban left. No, Ryan Day came in when Urban left. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it, it was, was Jim Trestle. It was Trestle... The the sanctions and then Urban, you're 100 yeah. right. Sorry, but I mean that the program wasn't in a great place when Trussell left either. And now you're rolling. He's at Cincinnati. He's winning a lot of games. But you've also seen another coach go to Cincinnati, come to the SEC, bottom out. It's, it's a lot different competing with the Troys and all these other schools for kids and the raging Cajuns of Louisiana, and then competing with Saban and Dabo and Moulton and the rest of them. Cincinnati taking shots at the College Football Playoff Committee. Look, people just need to be realistic. This week's been an annoying week for me, looking at people criticizing the college football playoff rankings. Jay Billis at the forefront of it. Of course, he, he's beating on his drum of college basketball is better than college football, and he always criticizes. A lot of times he criticizes college football, saying that every game matters, and then he gets to this point and he uses it as a reason that college football's games during the season don't matter because you got teams like Cincinnati and nine. Look, they're playing a different game them beating Tulsa this weekend is not a top 25 win. Tulsa is not yeah, a top 25 I team. I'd, same thing as when Coastal beat BYU this past week. I'm fine with what they've done with Coastal Carolina. I was like, do not jump them past where BYU was at in the rankings because BYU is not a top 10 team. I don't even think BYU is a top 15 team. So I, it's been really irritating to look at this. Iowa State has beaten a team that right now is currently ranked in the top 10 and we all know is a national power. That that weighs something to me. And then you're going to get on to them because they lost to Louisiana, who you have in the top 25. Now you're talking bad about group of five yeah, teams. Exactly. The logic does not make sense. None of it makes sense. I understand Cincinnati's AD or whoever it was, you know, banging on the drum for his conference and trying to get his guys in the picture because they've all done that. It's really the national picture and the media and other fans that have been doing that. That's just been really irritating to me. It's like, look, Iowa State and Cincinnati play. I'm taking Iowa State, okay? No, I agree. And I, I think there's just a difference, a fundamental difference between Power 5 teams and Group of Five teams. And Cincinnati is just not a team that we should that we should consider this year for the college football playoff. And this is why they should they should be competing for their own championship. They if they've talked ever, about it last week. Go listen if to the pod. Ever had a chance? This should have been the year, and they have no chance. Right, one hundred percent. And there's going to be a conversation at the end for that fourth spot, and they're not going to be in it. They will not be in it because they're at ninth right now. Yeah, the committee has said we would rather have Florida. And Iowa State, then Cincinnati. And I agree 100%. Florida plays Cincinnati, Florida wins. Last game to pick here. Speaking of Florida, seventh grade Gators. I think they're the home team in this one. Yeah, they are. Alabama, this, the this year SEC for the SEC championship. This, um, Florida's going to be a little healthier on defense. Uh, they're going to have a couple starters back in this one. 
Is that going to be enough to where LSU kind of went up and down the field on you? No. Nope. Uh, come on. Al- Alabama, name your number. Name your number. What do you want? Do you want 50? You want 55? Do you want 60? I mean, that's what they could do to you. I think my pick was 48-27. I put it on social media. 52-17. I think Alabama's defense is is still underrated. I apologize to Pete Golding. He got things going. Still think Dylan Moses is soft, but whatever. Alabama 52, Florida 17. I just think Florida's receiving options are something unlike Alabama's seen this year. And that's not me knocking on the Alabama They only scored 34 on LSU. Are you kidding me? How? That's true. And, and listen, Arkansas scored 35 on these boys. Scored 37 on a- A&M or something uh, like that. They scored in the 30s on A&M. I get that. Oh. I think that this receiving core is the only receiving core in the country that actually really could, like, not. it doesn't compete. Nothing compares to what the no, wealth of riches no, that Alabama has the receiving the Tony, core. Does Tony, does, does Tony scare you? Does it scare me? It, I it's mean, not. Tony individually does it. Is he better than Elijah Moore? No. Tony individually doesn't. But Tony, with all the other guys, should because Kyle Pitts. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jill, I know is, you're missing. Is, but. is Pitts better than Billingsley? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Pitts is a Pitts is the top tight end in this draft class. No, Billingsley's not eligible for the draft. I'm just saying. Even if he was, Pitts is the top top pick in this draft class. My point being is that Alabama has played a team with some good receivers and tight ends. Now listen, they got abused in that game, but since then they still play. I mean. Uh, Wiedermeyer from Texas A&M is one of the top tight ends in the country. He is. I mean, I just don't. The defense is so much better right now. They give up one drive to start the game against Arkansas, 60 yards. In, at, the, at halftime, they had accumulated another net 60 yards, and they had 60 yards at halftime. Neg- I mean, they went negative 60 yards in the second quarter. I think what Alabama's really improved on on defense has been how they've handled running backs, not only pass-catching running backs, but you know, just traditionally running the football. I think Alabama's been a whole lot better in between the tackles with their front seven than what they looked like the and first they, they half can't of the run. season. They've they, really improved. Like, it, I know Florida, they throw things sideline to sideline, so it's like running. But when the game gets iffy, you saw it last week, they couldn't run the ball. Like, they needed to kill time. They couldn't run the ball. They There's just something about having a good run game. And one of these two teams has. And one of these two teams proved, take away Mac Jones and Devontae if you want to. Drop four. Bracket Devontae. And drop four. We're going to run for 230. We're going to rush for six touchdowns. And we can't be stopped. I mean, that's that's what happened. Maybe 52 to 27. I don't know. 52, 27. I'm going 48-27 for my final pick, and I'm going to take Matt Jones to win the Heisman as well. I know you said earlier in the show, Devontae Smith. I, 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 will, I would be okay with I'll Devontae Smith. I'll be disappointed if Devontae Smith doesn't win it and Mac does. And I love Mac now. Okay, don't get me wrong. But don't you I, want an Alabama quarterback to win a Heisman for once? What does it matter? It doesn't matter, but... I mean, Devontae Smith's the best player in college football. Like He should win the Heisman. I will be disappointed if the best player doesn't win it. And Mac, okay, if he wins it. It's one of those two guys. And, and if any other year, Najee may be up there. I mean, he's he's the best running back in college football. I just don't know if his numbers compare to the other guys. And the and I know I said earlier what it's I said a about stat award, SEC but, schedule. Right. I mean, he's balled out. He has balled out. Right. The fact that Auburn's got Tank Bigsby on the cusp of uh, on the cusp of a one thousand yard season is truly impressive in a ten game season. That's huge. Yeah. And he didn't even carry the ball that much in the first half. In the first three, four games, and he was hurt. He missed like, some games. like 10, 10 tackles a game. <laughs> he did more than that, like I mean, 20 tackles a game. I think it's like game. 10 per carry. 
That'll do it for another edition of On the Line here. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. In order to find us, well, next week's Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas, everybody, because you'll be opening presents before you see us next Saturday. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net. 